What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the C-String Podcast. We are back. It's been a couple of weeks now since the last recorded episode, or maybe just maybe just a week and a half, somewhere around there. But nonetheless, we are back, and uh, we're back with a bang because it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Classic Rock Talk. Yeah. Uh, we have three completely new uh, bands for you guys today. Uh, same format as always. Uh, we figured it was the best for you guys, most efficient. We get you guys three albums, give you guys time to listen to them, mm-hmm. and they're normally three kind of unique albums from each other. There's normally they're from three like very different time periods, but we didn't. We're kind of st- stuck around the same era. Today, today. It was, yeah, today is especially it was kind of around the same era, but uh. but yeah, since our time off, I've been listening to, like I said, some like I said last time, some bands we've already listened to. I've further enhanced my album knowledge there, but then I've also dipped my toes into a couple of new bands that we have yet to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, which we are definitely going to eventually. There's a lot of bands on the list right now of ones I want to... Like, I am I see myself like 10 episodes in, another 10 episodes. I feel like I have all the bands I want to talk about already. Um, yeah. But we're in the here, we're in the now, and let's start Let's start with, with our first album here today. Yeah, um... Released in March 7th of 1970. This is this band's debut album. Another debut. Mm-hmm. Um, briefly, we mentioned them in the last We did. We episode. mentioned them when we were talking about Haystacks Balboa. So if you really know if you really know this podcast and you remember that, you might know who we're talking about already. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the band Mountain and the album title Climbing. Yeah. Or climbing, I should say. <laughs> Because of the exclamation points. Oh, yeah, I forgot the exclamation points. Yeah, come on, guys. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Let's get into it. Tell us about this, guys. Yeah, so uh, dudes in the band are Leslie West on guitar and vocals. Uh, Felix Popularity does bass guitar, piano, rhythm guitar, and vocals. Steve Knight's more of the organ, like the keys guy. Organ Mellotron, which is really interesting. I kind of didn't realize there was a Mellotron in this, but uh, yeah. And then Corky Lang on the drums. So, do you want to get into what a Mellotron is a little bit, just in case people yeah. don't know? Yeah, so, the one example of a Mellotron I can think of is Strawberry Fields Forever, that most people have heard. Yeah. It's basically, it's a tape that when you push, it's like in, the whole thing's like kind of like a piano. When you push the key down, it plays a loop of a tape. So, you can have like a, like for example, I think a, Strawberry feels like a flute sound, and um, when you press that down, it does a loop of said instrument that it's looped to, and then after a while, it cuts because the tapes rolled so many times. So Mm -hmm. it's not exactly like a like a synthesizer, but it's kind of like a predecessor to the synthesizer, which makes sense. Which was also really popular around this time too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But. Yeah, that is. Those are the guys here. Um, pretty strong lineup. Again, I love, absolutely love what they brought to the table in this album. I do too, um, and uh, I think it helps that Felix Popple already had a uh, lot of producing experience because he was a producer before he he met Leslie West somewhere, and they're like, "Yeah, let's start some. If you ever want to start some, let me know." And then that's kind of where Mountain came up, and uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. I, throughout this whole album, really, I was always impressed. Um, it never really stopped for me, and 
you there's things there's small things you notice in each individual track that grab your attention and mm-hmm. I would credit that to Pepilardi there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and like we say, a lot of the times, we mention this a lot, uh, your album can only go as far as as well as it's produced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say he did a great job. Yeah, I I definitely would too. He definitely showed up for this one and he definitely did very well on it. Yeah. Um, with that being said, we should get into the track listing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go over side one here. Uh, we've got four tracks. Mississippi Queen... Theme for an Imaginary Western, Never in My Life, and Silver Paper. Pretty fucking ripping. Yeah, this is side. another one. This is another one of those albums. When I think of a couple of albums, I've got to think of albums where we got ripping A-sides. This is one of them. Kind of like uh, 1984. Yeah. Another one with a really good A-side. Uh, there's more out there, but yeah. Absolutely amazing. Man, Mississippi Queen is a one hell of a way to start off an album. I'm going to be honest. Like, uh-huh. and man, the fuzz that's using that song sounds so fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's so good and very, very popular. You mentioned, like, you'd put, uh, you'd played this song a lot on Guitar, Guitar Hero. Hero. Yeah, yeah dude. I'm, I'm sure a lot of kids have memories with mm-hmm. this song, Guitar Hero, because I feel like this is, like, the song when people hear it, they're like, oh, that's from Guitar Hero. Yeah. Like it's just, it's it's such an iconic song to me and very good song. Yeah, it's also become a uh, like a TikTok trend now. The song that's right because yeah, I couldn't I couldn't remember <laughs> what the song was, but if you know, you know. That's I'm not gonna get into. Yeah. I'm not gonna explain the TikTok or whatever it is, but if you know, you know. But yeah, I I didn't even realize that. That's actually kind of how I um I saw a video on YouTube where it was. There's, like, some sort of caption that shows, like, how a gun works. And uh, that's where I heard this. I was like, song. damn, I should listen to that yes. song again. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, that's, that. yeah. We got, we got, we got attracted to climbing because of TikTok. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's what happened. Then, uh, Theme for an Imaginary Western is one of my favorites. That's yeah. A, that's an underrated one. I, I would say, I like, it's not, when I say underrated, I mean, it's not the first song yeah. I think of when it comes to this album. I think it was written by uh, Jack Bruce of Cream, but oh. I think, uh. The use of the organ and the Mellotron here are very... Very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Silver Paper from I this side. Uh, I, it, it's up there. I mean, th- this whole side is amazing. And I, then, c- I couldn't choose one. Yeah, and then Corky Lang's drumming in uh, Never In My Life mm-hmm. is pretty ridiculous. The He's smashing nice. the... Uh-huh. Uh, but there is a B-side to this album. Yes, there is. Uh, so let's go over that. Uh, so we'll start with Free Oscar's Farm. Uh, to my friend, the Laird, sitting on a rainbow, and boys in the band. I'd say another solid side two. I don't think it lives up to side one, but you know what? It only doesn't because of how good side one is. Yeah, it's that's not, that's yeah, why. It's yeah. not to underestimate the the writing and stuff on this side. It's simply because of how insanely good side one is. Yeah, and it's really hard to live up to that. Yeah, it is. It's on a whole on a whole album. I would say, I like Free Ozzy's Farm. That's a great one. It's a great way to start it. I will say The Laird's kind of an interesting one. Yeah, it is. An interesting premise behind that song. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it rounds out pretty nicely. I'd say it was Sitting on a Rainbow and Boys in the Band. I was going to say, I like Sitting on a Rainbow and Boys in the Band, too. Uh I've got both of those on my playlist. I do, too. Really, really nice way to end the album. Yeah, it is. This album's just, I think it's a very good album. Through and through. Uh Uh-huh. 
and, and that's considering it's a band that came out of nowhere, kind of. Mm-hmm. Really, just kind of came out of nowhere, and you know, I think that's a great quality to have a uh, album that's just good the whole way, mm-hmm. uh, and produced well and mixed well the entire time. There's not really a blip in here. It's all nice. Yeah, it's yeah, it's awesome for a new band that has like. Like for the other, I guess Mountain wasn't particularly small when they started, but you know, for them to kind of come out of nowhere, kind of like a Boston sort of story where they kind of just like show up mm-hmm. and then they release it and it sounds incredible. Yeah. It's like nice. Yeah. You love when that happens. You gotta love that. That's really good. Um, honestly, incredible job. What else can we say? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I w- would like to say you like yourself a bass. I thought the bass uh, in this album was great. Yeah, Felix Popularity lays yeah. it down. Mm-hmm. Dude's dude was insane within. Oh yes, it's same great. with like kind of the riff in Never in My Life where it's. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but yeah, I I like it throughout. I like what he's doing, what he does in uh, Yazir's Farm. I like what the layered sitting on a rainbow, as you mentioned. I like it all. I, I will like admit, all. also in Mississippi Queen, I had no idea there was a piano in the background. I uh, I really had to, like, kind of like shift my ear into listening to. It. And when you you can hear it, but it's very quiet. I think mostly because of the amount of fuzz that's going on from the guitar and yeah. the bass. That's yeah. just kind of like back there. Yeah. But it's a, it's a nice little touch to the mix. It really is. Yeah. I like to see that. It rounds it off pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's something. It's something that, let's be honest, if it wasn't there, might, most people might not know it. But, but it sounds you, better with it. There. Yeah, but it does. Mm-hmm. If you notice it, you notice it, and I think it sounds great. Yeah, uh, Mississippi Queen. I think the whole the whole track's a banger, honestly. It's it great. is. Um, but that's the whole, that's it. That's it for uh, climbing by mountain there. Yeah, very good album. Very great album. Uh, very greatly greatly composed, greatly produced, and mixed perfectly too. I. The whole time. Really, really liked that one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's Climbing by Mountain. Now we're going into just a few months later. Yeah. Uh, not not so far down the line, but a very different direction here and a very different opinion mm-hmm. about this album than the previous one. But go ahead and introduce these guys. Yeah, so I'm going to spare you guys from trying to guess because I don't think you guys would guess this. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a... Air Conditioning by Curved Air, released in 1970, November of 1970. This band's interesting. It is interesting. It really is. Um, if you want to read the people off for try to, their names yeah, are kind of They are kind of crazy. Um, but I will start off with uh, Sandra Christina. And if you're astute, you would notice that that is a woman's name. Yeah. This is the first band we've gone over with a woman... Uh, and she's the lead vocalist too. Yes, she is. So not uh, not the first band we've gone with that has a woman in it, but, but the first one that's a lead vocalist. Yeah, that's band. yeah. Because um, we've done Christine McBee, and honestly, well, that might be it. Well, no, we got a uh, Tina Weymouth. Tina, the Talking yeah. Heads. Yeah, you're right. All right. Anyways, Sandra Christina, lead vocalist, Daryl Way with the violin and the vocals. We'll have more to say about him later. Yeah. Uh, Francis Monkman on guitar, organ, piano, another band with the Mellotron. 
Yeah. Um, and he's got the synth there and the electric harp. That's pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. Rob Martin, though, here is your bass guitarist. And then Florian Pilkington Misa on the drums. Yeah. Uh, that's a hyphenated last name, so might have trouble looking that one up. But you should find him with, within Curved Air there. Um, mm-hmm. I, there was a lot of roster turnover, I yeah. will say, with Curved Air. It happened very often, very quickly, a lot of times. Uh Rob Martin, I believe, was gone after this album, their bass guitarist. They, I want to say, had like three different bass guitarists within three different years. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I was looking at, the same thing. Yeah. Um, that was always a spot where it was stuff was changing all the time. And I actually don't even think Rob Martin was on the bass for this album. I think I read somewhere that whoever was like succeeded him I think Rob Martin was on the album. They put him on the album as an artist because he was there when it was being written. It could be like a, a Rick Wright sort of deal with the wall where they, Pink Floyd literally fired him while they were writing if, the wall. I don't know if he was fired. Or but, he just like left or something. But, but. he, I, I, I want to say I read somewhere that whoever succeeded Rob Martin in bass, and this is something I probably should have had in front of me, I can't remember quite who it was off the top of my head, but they actually played the bass, and it was not Rob Martin. Um, the damn bass players. Yeah, the bass players. I, I will say that bass, it's not something I too particularly have a problem with. In this, I'll say there's more problems than the bass in this album. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Um, but go ahead and get us started here with the track listing. All right, so side one, we have It Happened Today, Stretch, Screw, Blind Man, and Vivaldi. Go ahead. What do you think? I think it's okay. Vivaldi is kind of the big one that really starts to lose me. Mm-hmm. I I like how it starts. It happened. I today. do too. It happened today is a good blend of they're not, they have a nice bass in there. It's a prev- it's a prevalent bass, but they have mm-hmm. you can hear the organ. You got and then I don't remember if there's violin in there. That's probably one of the few tracks that doesn't have a yeah, lot of violin. Yeah, I don't violin. think it's the violin. Um, and then there's a, not, a good amount of vocals in there. Sanja mm-hmm. has a, I would say, a prominent role in In Happen Today. And then also in Stretch, I think, more prominent role. But I find as you keep going further and further throughout this album, her vocals become less of a main focal point. Yeah. Which, I don't whatever, you can say what you want Which, about. I mean, I think that's kind of a prog rock thing. Because this is yeah. a, considered a prog album. And yeah. I think it, if I were to compare this to something, I'd want to say it would be like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer combined with Kansas. Yeah, like, if that, just like a real, it's a really weird mash of sounds. Yeah. Like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer would always do some crazy shit, and then, you know, the violin sound and like, kind of just kind of gives me that feel, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, it loses itself with Blind Man's okay. Nothing. Yeah. I, there's nothing outstanding about it. And then Vivaldi is terrible. It's horrendous. <laughs> and I hate I hate to describe it as horrendous, but uh, give it a listen. Yeah, and, that uh, is the you are going to have to listen to that. I am not going to torture you guys with that with the little audio preview during the video here. You guys are going to have to go and listen to that one yourself because that is. That song is a complete mess. Yeah. It starts as something, it changes what it wants to be halfway through, 
and then there's this absolute mess of instruments that starts with the violin, mm-hmm. and then it go- jumps on it with whatever they have, synths and organs, and the, the guitar even gets it's in there. crazy shit. It's awful. It's yeah. one of the most god-awful songs I've heard <laughs> while we have been doing this. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, let's get into side two here. Yeah. Um, so for side two, it starts off with hide and seek, uh, propositions, Rob one situations, and then Vivaldi with cannons. <laughs> it is a very similar sounding song, but there's like faint, I guess you could call them cannons it's like cannon in the back in the room. Booming sounds. Boom sounds. Yeah. In the background. It's only Vivaldi's like six minutes. Vivaldi with Cannon's like a minute and a half, mm-hmm. and it just has the horrible part of the song, but with Cannon's now. Yeah. So it's... Uh, and what doesn't make sense to me is where it's at on the track, like on the... Yeah, on the Like, listing. why? <laughs> I don't understand that. You could have just ended with situation. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. If you're going to try to create this grand, like, ending track... Like maybe Vivaldi was supposed to be. I don't really know. Maybe you should put that. Just, just why split it into two different things? Yeah, I, I don't know if they're trying to end the sides with Vivaldi, like, a, but it just, I don't know. It doesn't. No, it's that's a bad print. It's a bad. Don't. This is not how you write an album. This is not how you do prog. Prog's not no. just a mess of shit and experimenting with sounds. It may sound like it is, but there's actually some structure to it. This is just kind of. As you were saying, it's instruments being thrown into the mix. and Think about how structured Tarkis was when mm-hmm. we went over that. Think about how you could point things out and see a story and yada yada. And compare that to this. Take all that and throw it out the window. And because yeah. you it's end up not with this. This is what you end up with. It's just horrendous, honestly. And mm-hmm. It's... It's hard to listen to because I listen to it knowing that, holy shit, this album makes prog rock seems like dog shit. And, yeah, I think one thing we were talking about this that 100% killed me listening to this was the violin by Hatera Way. Yeah. What in the fuck are you smoking, snorting? How did it... Whatever the hell you're doing, don't. Because it's... (laughs) It's awful. And how did it get through that everybody was like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. They had to have been high on something. I I don't even know how... I don't know. I don't even know how that sounds good to a high person, but it is bad. Yeah, it's a, there's too much wrong with what he did with the violin. But there is something this band did do that was ahead of their time, actually. They were the first band to have a picture disc. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I was reading about it, and they had the first ever picture disc, but the only problem was is um, the technology they had at the time was very primitive, so yeah. it gave it a muffled, kind of crackly sound. And Which so they were, makes it worse. They had to reprint and um, yeah. ultimately go with what they call the green label record, where it's kind of a... It's just a black record with a green label in the middle. Yeah, and, yeah. But, I mean, that's pretty cool that this is kind of where, like, and it really wasn't their fault that the album, that like the yeah. quality was bad, but 
It's, it's, I, th- I just thought it was pretty cool that that's kind of where the picture disc comes from. Is the picture the same as the album cover? Yeah. It's okay. that weird... Whatever you call that. The air conditioner. I'm going to yeah. call it the air conditioner because it's funny. <laughs> that's but. funny to call it. Yeah. Um, but there you go, guys. I, what else can we say, really? Um, I like the I, I like the picture disc. That's great. Um, their turnover with the bass, I don't, again, I don't know the man's name that succeeded it, but... Rob Martin was not your bassist. Bass was, and I do want to. I did want to touch back with the bass. Uh, like I said, there were worse problems. Mm-hmm. There's there, there were was worse problems with this album. I thought the bass was all right. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. Um, but, I think I think exactly what happened is they listened to something like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, maybe, and they're like, you know, let's try throwing our own thing, experimenting, or maybe even Pink Floyd, because. Well, I shouldn't say it this time, but Pink Floyd, like, literally a year or two earlier, was this weird experimental, I don't want to say mess, but... you If you've listened to Pink Floyd from that time, you know, you kind of it's, understand. It's a weird sound. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened here, and it just did not go... As planned. Yeah. Just... Well, maybe it went as planned, but the plan wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was not great. Um, but yeah, that is Air Conditioning by Curved Air. I would say, go give it a listen. It's a mess, but hey. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe. Maybe. maybe I don't know. Some, maybe you're crazy enough. Maybe we're stupid. Maybe it's great. Um, they were popular, actually, for their time. Like, that album released, and maybe yeah. it was because of the picture disc. Kind of made it, kind of enhanced that popularity. But yeah, I realized it actually had pretty good reviews, and a lot of listening at the time... But nowadays, if you ask somebody, they're probably not going to know who Curved Air is. And not only that, but I think it has it being something to do with it being weird and that being a time where conformity was kind of something that was thrown out the window and people wanted to, again, experiment with their music. But mm-hmm. I don't, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure at the time it was maybe something like, holy shit, like this is crazy. Yeah. But like right now, like now it just seems kind of primitive and I hate to compare it to now because it's kind of stupid but yeah um yeah i just i feel like it's something like the experimental sound just aged horribly i just had a voice crack yeah (laughs) um it just aged really bad and it just it didn't work i like the word you use primitive that that makes it primitive is a nicer word to use especially because like you said at the time maybe this is something that people like to listen to just for the reasons that you just stated Mm -hmm. so it was maybe something cool for the time, but as time goes on, its flaws got very much revealed. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe when you're tripping on fucking acid or something, yeah. it sounds great. I mean, I've never I, been there. I was so. going to say, I, I wouldn't know, but... We wouldn't know that, so who knows? But uh, So, I made a mistake at the beginning of this episode. I said we had three brand new bands for you guys. Uh, that's wrong. That's right. We have a repeater, actually. We have a, our and second repeater. Not only that... They also use a fucking Mellotron. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, we got the triple Mellotron the, action oh going. Oh my god, here. I don't know if we've even used a Mellotron in any episode before. I don't think we have. And now we've got three. We yeah. got the triple the triple crown here. Incredible. Well, we'll give you some time to think about it. We've gone over, well, by now we've gone over 31 bands. So this will be still def- uh, 31 unique bands. Um, yeah. So go over that in your head. Who could this be? Who could this be? Um, it was released uh, July 1973. This is their debut bleh, debut album, right? Yeah, debut. Okay. Um, UK Records, huh? Mm-hmm. That is not... Literally just UK. That is not the, who their label was for 
It's the it's, other one we talked about. Yeah, it's um, I can't remember who their other one was. I it's been too long. But I think they had this one, and then they switched, and they yeah, they had to have signed over a bit. I think, and I think that actually happened with um, their next album. I Again, happening it. Well, I can see that because I've never even heard of UK Records before. Yeah, and uh, I think it's just a I can it was kind of a general like foot in the door yeah. sort of deal. And they kind of kicked the door down with this album. I think they blew the entire house down <laughs> with this album. Just lit it up there. Um, yeah. But that's enough foreplay here. Um, we have 10CC yeah. by 10CC. 10CC. Uh, we have a title album here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is 10CC again. If you guys uh, don't remember, the previous album we went over was the original soundtrack. Yes. And that was their second uh, studio album? Second or third? Um, I think it was their fourth. Well, I was wrong twice. Shooting it was somewhat. Because I know Sheet Music's next, and then there's, I think there's oh, another you're right. Sheet Music is after this. So no, it's three or four. Stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I feel dumb. Okay. Um, but anyways, this is their original. Um, go ahead and remind, remind the good viewers what, uh, what this album or what this band is looking like. Yeah, so we got Eric Stewart on lead guitar, slide guitar, Moog, uh, synthesizer, and vocals. We got Lowell, I just noticed the accent at the E, but... <laughs> it always does that whenever, whenever Lowell I... Lowell Creme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lowell Cream on acoustic guitar, electric guitar, grand piano, synth, mellotron, percussion work, and vocals. Graham Goldman on bass, acoustic guitar, the dobro guitar, I'll get into that. Electric guitar, tambourine, vocals, and then Kevin Godley on drums and vocals, which... If you guys... I don't know if we mentioned it. These guys are insanely talented individuals. All multi-instrumentalists mm-hmm. came together at the right time. I'm sure we did mention it. I'm I feel sure like we did, but... I'm sure we would have had to. Um, yeah. All super talented guys. These are the, some of the most talented people to ever 100%. exist. 100%. And um, I wanted to go over the uh, dobro because it's kind of a weird instrument. I never heard of it. So it's... It's a guitar with, like, metal on it. Like, an acoustic guitar with metal on it. So the sound resonates. Maybe... So it has, like, an extra vibrating tone to it. Is it in all the tracks? No, it's in, it's only in a couple. I can't remember which one. I wish I would have written it down, but... I, w- I was going to say, if I, if I... And it doesn't have, like, a huge part. Okay, I was going to say, though, if I heard the sound, I might be able to kind of guess... Like, Jimmy Page on uh, Over the Hills and Far Away, yeah. that first guitar you hear, yeah. that's kind of a dobro. Okay. It's like a toned-down dobro, but... Okay. Same thing. All right. Well, I kind of have an idea, I guess. I was going to say, I might be able to kind of guess what song is if I know the sound, but... Yeah. I don't know. I, can't, I, I, won't, I won't think about that right now. Let's get into this, uh, the track listings here. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and start us off with side one. Yeah, so side one's Johnny Don't Do It, Sand in My Face, Donna, The D&I, and Headline Hustler. Uh, all... <laughs> Incredible tracks. I love all these. Um, we mentioned previously, I, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure we mentioned previously, we love these guys because of how creative they are with their music. And their, their music's like... And weird. It's an undertone of funny. Yes. Like, yes. it's kind of like Blue Oyster Cult with that weird, like, undertone death, except for here it's like comedy. Like, yes. it's, it's like funny. It's all comedy. Every song. Every song. Like, Johnny Don't Do It's talking about a dude who, like, tries to fit in with these 
other dudes, and he so he steals a bike, but then he ends up crashing into a truck and dying. <laughs> yeah, but then it like the way they sing it, it's so funny. It doesn't sound like it's supposed to be tragic. Yeah, the way they're singing, they're making him sound like angel. They sound like angels or something. Yeah. Trivia question for you: What's Johnny's last name? They say it in the song. I can't remember. It's Kowalski. Kowalski. They call him Johnny Kowalski or Johnny Angel. Yeah, because I I was only remembering Angel. Yeah, yeah, because that's what everybody remembers. I was I was wondering if you knew that. Then he says it super quietly too. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. funny though that song. It is. It's, and then it proceeds right into sand in my face. Another fucking funny one. Because that's one about his girlfriend leaving him and then and then getting sand kicked in his face yeah. constantly. He leaves. She leaves him for Alex, who has. What is what do they say? They has like tree trunks for legs, something like that. Hams for arms. Big dude. Big giant dude. Refrigerator so, motherfucker. But. but then he gets big, and then his girlfriend comes back. It's it's the fucking it's 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 beautiful. I think my favorite one though is Donna. Yeah. Um, Donna hundred percent is hilarious to me, and yes. um, actually, this is how they got their foot in the door because they uh, recorded this song. And they showed it to uh, one of the record executives, and he was dying of laughter. Really? Yes, and he said, you guys have to release this because no one else is goofy like goofy or brave enough to release to this, this ridiculous stuff. And <laughs> That um, makes that warms my heart. That really warms my heart right there. Yeah, it's... Oh, That's I, so funny. I love how... Uh, I think it's Lil' Cream that sings in this song. I love his voice, and then I love the part where Donna <laughs> gets a phone this. call. Yeah. Yep. He's like, Donna. <laughs> and then it's the dude talking. It's just, it's so it's, funny. It's awesome. It's so funny. It's supposed to be like a parody of like a doo-wop song, I'm assuming. Yeah. Because that's guess that makes definitely sense. what it sounds yeah. like, but it's it's done so well. It's so it's great. Um, and then it goes into uh, the Dean and I, another great one. He's trying to get with the Dean's daughter. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it is. Um, again, another great one. And then Headline Hustler is about. He joins like a. Is it a local paper? A local or like paper. like a magazine or something but like that? He, I forget what the line is, but he's saying like, don't trust, or don't trust me. Oh, shoot. I don't remember what he says. He says like, don't ask me. That might not be me. Yeah, it's I, it's something along it's those some, lines. It's another weird song. It's another weird one. Uh, but it's, it's, it's funny. It's so, it's this album, It it's a rare case where you might actually smile. Yeah, and laugh like you might laugh because if you realize obviously what they're saying, and I don't think it's too difficult at all. Mm-mm. It's so funny, and mm-hmm. I I love that they chose this angle. Yeah, I do too. I because who else was doing this in 1973? The only the only group I can think of that does this sort of thing is like Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Intervention. But even then, I don't think that was more of a straightforward. Whereas this is like a. In the back seat, but yeah. still like funny. Like it's oh, yeah. it's, I don't know. The way they did this is so great. I mm. love it. Oh yeah. Uh, but there's another side we have to yeah over here. Um, go ahead, take um, us through. Yeah, side two is Speed Kills, Rubber Bullets, the Hospital song. Ships don't disappear in the night, do they? And uh, Fresh Air for My Mama. These are. <laughs> it's laughing. so hard You're reading laughing. these names. <laughs> But, um, I mean, seriously, ships don't disappear in the night, do they? Yeah, it's... <laughs> their, their little question? I, I can't just describe Let's start with Speed Kills. Yeah. Um, that's actually... I like that one. It's mm-hmm. a good start to the side, um, but it gets better. 
Yeah, it does. It gets better right after that. Rubber Bullets. Rubber Bullets is my one of my favorite songs. Um, oh, man. I love oh, man. everything. It's supposed to be like a... I think it's supposed to be like Jailhouse Rock. Yes. And it just oh, yeah. has like a really oh, yeah. like thumpy like... Oh, you that is a perfect comparison. I'm because thinking about it in my head now. And I remember when I first discovered this song, I was watching... God, I was probably in middle school or something. They had there's a show called Super Jail on Adult Swim. Yeah. Back when you know you're not supposed to be staying up that late. And, yeah. And uh, I think their pilot episode, they used this song, and it was the only the pilot episode. I remember hearing it like years later, and I was like, "Wow, that sounds really familiar." So I went and looked it up, and I was blown away that it was Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's incredible song. Oh, such a good song. And then, I like, the, the sped-up guitar yes. is what that is. It's, it sounds great. Uh-huh. It sounds... I love it. Mm-hmm. I it's, love how he, uh... I think it's Kevin Godley sings. He wants to hear them squeal. <laughs> like, he intentionally <laughs> wants to shoot the yeah. inmates. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> and it just escalates. Like, they start fucking... He starts with just him or something. And then it's the local... Like police force, and then they want to call in the national. Yeah, guard. and then they got to call in the national guard yeah. to calm shit down. <laughs> God, it's, just, it's ridiculous. Um, but then another great one afterwards, the hospital song. There's mm-hmm. some wacky sounds in that one. Yeah, there are. Uh, any idea what made that sound? I'm gonna Probably say it's, maybe it's like a synth. A synth? Yeah, yeah, it's like the Moog or the synth. Yeah, the, but it's some weirdly wacky shit. Yeah, it is. that. But that, but in that song, he's talking about fucking peeing on the goddamn nurse that walks <laughs> in. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's it's goofy. It's goofy, and then it it culminates the goofiness in ships don't disappear in the night. Yeah, this this one's so ridiculous, and I love it for that. I love like the banana in the beginning. Yeah. It's like what what? <laughs> it's ridiculous. And yeah, it's the song kind has the song tone like uh, ships don't disappear in the night. So it's kind of saying like obvious things, like oh, ships don't disappear in the night. Uh, what's he say next? He says, like, uh... I like how they're singing where they say that ships don't disappear in the night, and then the background vocals are, do they? Yeah. <laughs> it's like second-guessing himself, almost. Oh, yeah, it says, uh, people don't just die outright. It's, yeah. It's, it's kind of like just asking, yeah. Um, I, I, another great one. That And, yeah, the backup vocals. But it, it, If you noticed, when Cole was going over the uh, uh, band members, they all have vocal vocal parts. Yeah, they do. And some of them are different. I wouldn't say there's a lead singer either. Like they no, just. I, I definitely think it's more of like a. They just chime in whenever the fuck yeah. they need to. Um, and then fresh air for my mama. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, if you asked me to name all the ten songs from this album, I, I could. I, I could probably do it. could. Yeah, I I'd, could do it. <laughs> it's a. It's a very. Very memorable album, and um, I think it's mainly because all four of these guys. Like just wrote their asses off of this album. Uh, I I I believe that. I believe that. I it's mean, yeah. It's awesome how much time, how much effort they put into this, and how much how good it sounds while still being goofy as mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's a uh, very cool to hear and yeah. It's it's such it's so refreshing, honestly. Like mm-hmm. it's so you know you don't obviously. You don't want to. You don't want to be the person that does something different, and then it just completely like flops. But when you're uh, the people that 
you're hearing all this music from the early 70s and the late 60s and you're trying to create your own thing and maybe you're not even necessarily trying to base your music off others you're just writing you're just writing you want to have fun you're trying Mm -hmm. to be creative you want to be funny you just want to sing you just want to you just want to play your instruments you just want to make something cool and you go to a you go to a record label i don't remember if you said his name or not or if you remember who it was and then he says this is some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. You guys have to release it. Yeah, you guys have to release it. Imagine this. how they no, felt. No one's crazy enough to release it. Imagine how you would feel. Yeah, that's... That has to be so uplifting. that They had to all just, like, break the biggest smile. Like, I would have smiled so fucking wide. Like, just that feeling had to be so cool. And yeah. it's something that we have yet to talk about, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just the way that these people were able to do this. I, and it's crazy because this band, from what I've heard, is considered kind of a one-hit wonder band with a uh, I'm Not In Love. Really? Yeah, I've heard some people on... Given this is the internet, so I take take everything with a grain of salt. I've heard people mention like, oh yeah, they sung I'm Not In Love. One hit, another 70s one-hit wonder band. It's like, dude, I, they have never heard this then. They have not. They've never heard the next album. No, or, sheet music, yeah, or any. Like, I would even argue the original soundtrack we went over. Yeah. Yeah, I... They they have not heard these guys, if, they, if mm-hmm. they're saying that. I'm sorry. Because this has got to be one of the greatest albums I've ever listened to. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. It's a very, very good album. It's I've got to be honest. This is super, super good. Um, there's not much more that can be said, honestly. Um, it's just that, that you rarely come across one person so talented in a, in a group of people, in, like a, in a band or whatever, mm-hmm. to find four of them. Yeah. And they all come together at the right time and... They release a debut album, never before heard, and it comes out like this. Like, I'll, I'll play some previews for you guys. You guys have heard, heard some of their stuff by now. I, I, which you also listen to it. These guys also invented uh, something they call the gizmo for a guitar. Oh yeah, you you mentioned that. And um, the gizmo is essentially is like a little thing you stuck on the bridge of your guitar. And it, it was a wheel that came down, and when you pressed it down, it kind of sounded like you were rubbing a, like a bow across the string. So, a really weird sound. Yeah, they didn't use it on this album, because I think they were still working on it, but... Um, I think you might have mentioned that in the... the I might have mentioned soundtrack. it in the original soundtrack, because I think that's when they did use it. Um, more. Yeah, more often. Yeah, and then when Lil Cream and Kevin Godley left, they also used it on their solo. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Uh, pretty incredible here. I think uh, Graham Goldman's still with the band. Mm-hmm. Not sure what Eric Stewart's doing. I know Low Cream and Kevin Godley for a long time were uh, directors. That makes sense. They directed, like, music videos that and stuff sense. like that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. it's That completely makes sense, actually. Like, they're super talented, so they would know how to direct. And they're also really funny, so they would know how to direct well. Yeah, I actually, I want to look up, I should have wrote it down here. Lil Cream's name is so kind of funny to look at. Or just like read it, because it. I'm not used to seeing it. Yeah. 
Lawrence Neal Cream is his full name. This is his real name because we we've been saying L like Lowell, like L O L. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's how he has it. Yeah, but it's just, it's it's funny seeing his name Lawrence Neal Cream. Yeah, God, that's weird. <laughs> but uh, of course it is. You, when you when you've been introduced to somebody that's named Lowell, you know, it's yeah. kind of like Flea for uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, you know Flea. Yeah, Flea. Yeah, like, what the hell? That guy can't have a real name. That has to be his name. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and then you hear his real name, and you're like... The fuck? This guy's weird. name? Who is that? <laughs> Who is this person? Um, but yeah, that is 10CC by 10CC. Yeah. I couldn't recommend these guys enough, honestly. Uh, yeah, really, really good stuff here. Really good mm-hmm. stuff. We couldn't... We praised them a lot. Praised them for, like, a solid 10 minutes there. <laughs> yeah, we did. We... <laughs> Uh, long ass time on these guys, but they deserve it. Mm-hmm. Man, they deserve it. It's good to end on a nice note. On yes. a nice note here. Always love that. Um, but that's it for this episode of Classic Rock Talk. That was three bands, or two two unique bands, um, one repeat, three do- brand new albums, and all within the span of a few years here, from 1970 to 1973. Mm-hmm. Um, next time, I'm not really sure... We will definitely and probably not do early 70s for the next episode. Um, yeah. Wherever we're going, it'll be somewhere else. Uh, maybe I've gotten an idea of what I want to do, um, so we'll see. I'm not going to leak anything right now. You guys will know when you know. But as for the foreseeable future, I'm not really sure whenever the next episode is going to come out. Probably soon. I mean, yeah. we're done here. We're yeah, done. Yeah, finals we're, weeks. It's this week. Thank God coming to an end. Yeah, we're, we're done here. So this is going to be coming out. More frequently, obviously the holidays are coming up, so you know. Maybe a pause there. We'll work around that, but and as far as January goes, we're in a brand new slate, man. We're gonna have a lot of time to upload a lot of episodes, so I hope you guys are ready. Um, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this second phase, sort of, of classic rock talk. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We certainly enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun there. Uh, some bad ones, some good ones. Um, but that's gonna do it. Um, we will see you guys next time on the C-String Podcast. Yeah.